Hey, White Sox fans, on behalf of the Fans First Sports Network, I am Brett Valentini, your host on Sox Populi. You know, really, this is our, what's this called, a coming out party. We've had a few. We had one as the Chicago Baseball Podcast. I think we've had a couple as Sox Populi, but really, you know, the gang's all here. We're all together. This is, We got some old school podcasters here. Uh, not implying anything whatsoever because I am the oldest of the old school podcasters, but this would be number 140. Where did the first 139 or whatever come from on Stocks Populi? Who knows? But they're there. Uh, and you can scroll down the RSS feed and see, I don't know, old copies of Dugout Metrics, old programs, Estrogen Power Hour, all sorts of interesting things, podcasts that have come and gone. Uh, our full, our full panoply of podcasts, 350 or so are still on there and they've all been absorbed by the Latin Sox Populi or Sox Pop because I'm certainly going to end up just doing Sox Pop because I'm going to stumble over it enough times because I'm just not that bright. It's number 140. Uh, we are doing a couple podcasts here to predict the season. Uh, this first one is going to be focusing just on the White Sox. We're going to have uh, tomorrow's is going to be uh, MLB more broadly. So if you only like the White Sox because you've really got a problem, all right, don't listen to that one. But please listen to both because we need you. I'm here with some of my very, 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 very favorite people in the whole wide world, and that would include Crystal O'Keefe. It is Malachi Hayes. It is Super Joseph Rhesus. It is Dante Jones. And of course, Father Saxivus back in, well, it's, hey, you know, it, it's, it's much more summer like where you and we are, right, Tommy? So it's a summer Saxivus with Tommy Barbie, and he's going to defend some of his decision making. And we have three, <laughs> we had, I think, 22 people predicting this year, and three of the real low pickers on the White Sox are on this podcast, and won't it be delightful? In fact, let's kick off with that. <laughs> uh, I believe I came out boldly and said, what did I say, 77 wins? And Tommy Barbie and Crystal O'Keefe said, oh, no, no, I can do better than that. And you actually undershot me. Crystal, Tommy, please do explain yourselves. I don't, I don't know why I need to explain myself. This you don't really. be happening. <laughs> they, they're not going to be great. We're, but we're still going to finish like third, but still bad. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and since very few of the optimists are here to defend themselves, I, I think that that points to how empty their optimism truly is. And I can say that because they're not here to defend themselves. Sure, sure. Yeah, that, that that's there's no way. Like, too many things have to go right. Han clearly has never even thought about a plan B. And, you know, we're all celebrating the the fact that the who should be the 26th utility man is finally gone from the White Sox organization. Like, that's how dire things are in our minds psychologically as fans. So, I mean, I just, I don't see how we're in any position to talk about a good team, let alone a 500 team. I, I just looked, there's three people that picked them to be at least nine, like at least 90 wins. Mm-hmm. I want whatever drug they are on. Right. That sounds fun. This, this really is, I don't know if it's the widest range ever. Cause we've had a hundred win predictions. Um, you know, so we've had a wide range. 
Uh, but of course, this has been the most inconsistent. I have a guest to review. This is the third year we've done this. First year, everybody was smart enough to pick the White Sox for the playoffs, except me. I think there were 15 uh, pickers, and I was the only one not to pick them for playoffs. Although I wasn't the low person on wins, that, of course, is <laughs> that, that honor goes to Tommy Barbie, but he was smart enough to say they're going to make the playoffs. Last year, uh, because, you know, we, boy, we, we drank down that Kool-Aid, uh, we all, and of course, come on. It was the default. The White Sox were going to the playoffs. We all did that. And of course, we were all wrong. This year, we definitely have the biggest mix. The good news is, contrary to what Tommy has proclaimed, we have uh, three on our podcast who either have picked the White Sox to win a division or, in Dante Jones' case, still make the playoffs, though a mediocre season. So let's just flip the script. And uh, Malachi Hayes, Super Joseph Reese's Dante Jones. Uh, please take a turn and explain why uh, I'm guessing it has to do with division strength. But uh, what are some reasons why the White Sox will either win a division uh, or at least make the playoffs? Right. You said you took the words right out of my mouth. It is the division. And yes, we yeah. play less divisional games, but yeah. I'd see I can see the same winning 84. Like that's about like 86, 87 is my ceiling right now. They got to show me some things before I go any higher than that. But I can see them winning 84 and the um, Twins win 86 and win the division because it's a weak division still. I think the Twins are the only team that got a good chunk better, and that's only because they added Pablo Lopez, which is a pretty solid arm to get. I know there's plenty of White Sox fans, myself included, that would have loved to have been the team that picked him up. So I think weak division um, – and as everybody else has said, a lot of luck, and the White Sox could win second and sneak into the playoffs. As the we have seven, wild, I mean, we have what six wild card? I mean, six teams now in the playoffs. They can sneak in as the last team. You know why not? Bow out well, um, ungracefully in the first round after losing two straight to whatever team is the um, number three seed. And Joe, I'm going to ask you to pause because as, as is tradition, Joe has written an entire article envisioning the season and his finish. If you haven't read it is beyond belief. So I'm going to go to Hayes here first and then Joe, you bring it home. But uh, Malachi, you think the White Sox will win the division, although pretty mediocre win total. Um, some reasoning there. Yeah. You know, I'm actually considering even revising my win total in my head. If, if, if I could, I, I come at it from the direction of I see two pretty binary. I would actually, if I'm going to pick them to win the division, I would actually raise that. I'd bring that up to like 90, 91 wins because I see, I see kind of a binary set of outcomes here. Um, If things go well, if the guys stay healthy, you know, if the hitters, Yohan bounces back, like it looks like he's going to, um, you know, Luis and Aloy can play full season and, Maybe if enough of the rotation in the pitching staff doesn't, you know, fall apart, then, then yeah, you know, they have, they have a ceiling that's good enough to win 90, 95 games because the top end talent is there. It's just like not a very high probability of, of, of that happening. That being said, there is the division factor. You know, it is a balanced schedule. We play less divisional games, but so does Cleveland yeah. and Minnesota right. by, by that same virtue. Um, neither of those teams, uh, like, like Dante said, has done a whole lot to get better. Um, and I look at the depth charts on both of those teams, and I look at the White Sox depth chart, and I say, who has the better team here? I really am, you know, I, I Cleveland by a hair probably, but top to bottom, 
I can't really strongly pick 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 a winner here, so I thought to myself, you know what, I'll be a homer with it, so I can feel good if they actually, you know, on the twenty percent chance they 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 do come come through with it. You know, I, I don't think it's a super high probability, but I, the winner of this division isn't going to be an elite team. So who's to say which one it's going to be? We'll be honest. Why not? I us? think I. I can speak on behalf of, of us three scoffers, and I do think you have to you do have to factor a little bit in here, not to speak for Crystal or Tommy, that of it's just it's White Sox. Something's going to happen. It's White Sox. Yes, on paper, I totally agree with your Sam Malky, but you know, I think we're all thinking, well, it's White Sox. You know, um, the bus is going to blow a tire. Uh, you know, somebody's going to take the wrong supplement. It just something crazy is going to happen. And speaking of something crazy, let's move over to Joe Reese's because of course he will link it in this, this post here. And he wrote his whole like season envisioning and a, a pretty sober analysis. And really you had the White Sox winning the vision, make the playoffs in really the only way it seems like the White Sox can this year. Uh, please a little summary of that, uh, Joe, cause this is an exciting last weekend of the season. Absolutely. Um, yeah, for me, the main thing is they're going to stay healthy. It's finally going to happen. And despite <laughs> a pretty good year health-wise, they'll only win 85 games. Um, so I know, like, it, generally, you could group me in the op- the optimistic side of in Southside Sox and the general White Sox community um, with predicting them to win 85 games and win the division. But, I mean, that's with pretty good health and you know so that means if they if their health is on par with where it's been these past couple of years then yeah i could very easily see them you know dipping into the mid 70s for their win total um but yeah um last gonna come down to the last weekend of the season both the white Sox and the guardians are getting swept and the white Sox are gonna hold on to win by one game due to some amazing luck on their side Swept the Guardians, I believe, swept by the Tigers, correct? Yes, yes, correct. <laughs> that's how I. So that's where it. our playoff hopes are sort of like hanging on. I know Mal get a, a little bit more confidence than I believe I heard 95 wins somewhere in, in his very astute explanation of what could happen with the White Sox this year. But boy, it seems like if they make the flaps, it's going to be a lot more. We're dependent on the Tigers sweeping the Guardians at the end of the season. To make the playoffs. All right. One thing I want to do before we move on from these records, maybe talk about individual players, maybe take a break, whatever. Uh, Tommy, you have them losing the division by 14. I, though I am sunnier on the White Sox by two games, have them losing by 13 games. I think we both maybe see the Guardians. I don't know who you pick. The Guardians still being as as good as they were last year or whatever, or the Twins. Uh, Crystal, you have them winning 75 games and losing the division by four games, which would be a pretty catastrophically uh, horrible AL Central. So you do not see this being a very strong division. You see uh, the AL Central teams getting absolutely battered uh, with this new smoother schedule. Yeah, they're just there is not a single good team right now in this division. Like I have a feeling maybe it'll be the Guardians, but man, it's just not looking good for anybody. Your 79 win AL Central champion uh Cleveland Guardians, that is what it is in, in Crystal's mind. Um, boy, I, I really, I actually sort of want to have that happen. Let's get a break out of the way now. Uh, they're selling something. We're a new network, but they're selling something already. I bet you it's a lot better product and much more delicious. Uh, goes down much easier than those commercials from back in the old days. So please listen intently for a minute or so. Come back to us because we're going to talk, break down more individual players, bests, worsts, 
of the season. And these are always fun because they almost are, they're almost always wrong. Um, so please um, stick back, take notes so you can make fun of us at the end of the year. We'll be back in a minute. White Sox fans, Brett Valentini here representing the fans for Sports Network, along with some of my very, very best friends in the whole wide world, Chicago White Sox fans all. Please do not try to cut me or Tommy or Crystal down because we are sober entering this season. Very so- Well, actually, we're probably not going to the season so based on how we think the White Sox are going to do. But on paper, in theory, seeing this team for what it is, and basically I think the three of us are saying, prove it to me. Uh, Dante, well, actually, Dante, Joe, uh, Malachi, all still pretty sober with this team, just figuring, you know, <laughs> Cleveland is going to fall back to the pack, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It, it ends up, we have um, quite the variety of opinions uh, here as to what the White Sox are going to do. Uh, again, tomorrow's podcast will address more of Major League Baseball uh, entirely. And let's see, among the people who actually did show up on this podcast, I don't, well, I guess uh, it would be all, uh, all three of you that we, we just addressed um, have seen the playoff, uh, White Sox making the playoffs. Uh, so I have to ask because clearly none of you have them, ha- none of you have them winning the World Series or the pennant. Do any of uh, Joe, Dante, Malachi see the White Sox uh, in your predictive minds, even though it's not on our spreadsheet or in our story, uh, winning a playoff series? Or they do they just make the playoffs in your eyes? I don't think it can happen. Or as uh, Johan Moncada said today, Feel good, not bad. That really is your pocket schedule uh, slogan for the season. Just fans, feel good, not bad. Anything can happen. Who knows? It can happen for sure, but I don't think it is going to. I, I think, yeah, like Dante said, they're losing in wild card in the wild card round in two games. That's where I have them being eliminated. Uh, we do not have uh, Jackie Crestel and her good vibes or Tyrone Palmer with us, who picked Oscar Colas as the AL Rookie of the Year. So they're going to just have to defend themselves in the comments on site, or you know, perhaps they'll sneak into the MLB podcast, and I will force them to explain that choice. Although, hey, we have high hopes for Oscar Colas, who we now know has actually made the team and is likely the right fielder. Uh, of course, White Sox have no business being in the awards discussion. That's a change from previous years. We've had Lucas Giolito as a Cy Young winner. Uh, Luis Robert, uh, before he was a junior, might have even been an MVP candidate. I'm not sure if Joe was so bold in any year in the past. I but... had him finishing third last year in All right. MVP voting. All right. Um, That's true. We had him win an MVP. And those injuries, ooh, I look stupid. Would have been better <laughs> voting for Lloyd at that point. I like Joe's confidence. He just says, this is going to be the year that the White Sox are going to be healthy. Uh, you don't, uh, when you say something like that, you do not need to footnote that statement. I just, you know, we just got to have to believe you on that one. It's a leap of faith. Uh, player MVP, uh, Tommy with Luis. Uh, I don't know who everybody picked here. Uh, Eloy Jimenez. Uh, people are picking a big homer season. I know Joe had him with a big homer season. Uh, uh, Yo-Yo's Crystal's pick. Uh, I picked Luis. Um, 
how do we see this team shaping up? First of all, let's let's jump off of what Joe said. Do, Malachi, I, I want to ask you because you seem maybe um, you know the maybe the the most the most excited, relatively so, about this White Sox team among this group. Uh, is there a chance this team is is a healthier team this year? Are we just destined to you know always be banged up, average or worse than average? Because the truth is. As Lee Allen said in his predictive piece, the White Sox actually weren't that much more injured than the average uh, uh, MLB team last year, so even though we think, oh, my God, well, that's the reason. Um, so I know you don't have a meat t- meathead take on that, uh, Malachi, but uh, is there any scenario you see them just being healthier and we get 140 games out of Luis or or Yohan? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak to the conditioning of the players or what their regimen is. I mean, players are pretty fine tuned these days. They're, um, I, I mean, part of the reason why it feels like it hits them so hard is because it really, it's been a top heavy team the last couple of years. So when those injuries do hit at the top of the roster with guys like, you know, Luis Robert Jr. and, and Illinois and, even going back to Madrigal and, I don't know, Yasmani Grandal hasn't played a full season with the White Sox really to, to this point. Um, and when you don't have a lot of depth behind those guys and when you don't have solid, you know, a solid upper minor system and a solid series of, you know, off seasons and free agent depth signings that can step up and kind of make their, mitigate their absences a little bit, you know, the only, the reason why it feels like it hits so hard is because they really miss them when they're out of the lineup. You know, it's not like someone steps in and it's like, okay, we're going to keep it afloat until Luis can get back in the lineup or until so-and-so gets back. Somebody gets hurt and it's instantly a black hole in the lineup. So I, will it get better? Maybe. I think history says that they're probably not the most progressive organization in the world when it comes to conditioning and when it comes to how they keep their players in shape. I mean, I don't think they're whatever the you know Dodgers or Astros are doing. I don't think it's happening on the South side of Chicago. So I'm not keeping keeping my hopes up, but it, I mean, it could happen. These things, it's it's a lot of randomness involved. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't hire; they still haven't hired Crystal for stretching, uh, yoga, uh, probably me- mental <laughs> health I'm guidance. To take it personally, <laughs> you should be. I do <laughs> yoga daily, and I my major was psychology. Come on, guys. This is a natural. Well, they're the White Sox, so of course. Um, uh, okay, I'm going to uh, I'm hopping to um, Malachi's uh, stepped away. Dante, uh, pressure on you. Um, in terms of top pitcher for the White Sox, uh, the other four of us were lazy or smart and said Dylan Cease. Uh, Lucas Giolito is the other pick. Dante, you are one who picked him. Now, tell me this: is it more regression on Cease's? Um, Apart, or is it Lucas Gilo saying, Oh, yeah, I want nine figures and I'm on my salary drive and ain't gonna be in Chicago, uh, but I'm on a salary drive. I'm back. I'm not 380 pounds and I'm, I'm gonna pitch like the pitcher, you know, you, you guys used to know. <laughs> All right. So, um, it is, wow, one of my favorite things in sports. <laughs> it's time for contract season greatness. Yep. <laughs> it's time for him to get that deal. He ain't yep. getting it with us unless no. he's absolute buns. So, yeah. you know, if he's absolute buns, I don't want him to get it with us. But I think a slimmer Geo is going to do great. And, you know, MVP doesn't always mean best. It means the most okay. valuable. Okay. As in, I think Geo's going to be the guy that 
holds the rotation down the best. Like, I think Cease is going to be better overall, overall, but I think that Gio is going to just end up being able to keep it all together this year, be consistent. I think he's going to have a real good year. Still is going to be with the strike, high strikeout toes and, like, all that stuff. He's going to be in the Cy Young talks probably. But Gio is going to be that guy right next to him that's just, like, keeping the engine moving. Also, don't forget, we have America's ace on our team. So, you know, things can happen. We could have a good – I think the rotation besides redacted would be good. <laughs> yeah, which is four-fifths of the rotation, so we're smooth. Um uh, Maliki, we, I just had Dante explain what his thinking was uh, with uh, picking Lucas Giolito as most uh, uh, valuable pitcher for the team. You are uh, another, at least the only other on this podcast who uh, avoided the cease pick. Is that a matter of um, cease regressing, uh, Lucas salary driving, or being the pitcher that we once thought he was? Yeah, some combination of the two, I think. Um you know, for most of the last four years, three, four, five years, Lucas Giolito has been a really good, you know, at worst, a number three, at best, a low one, high two starting pitcher. Um, we don't really know what happened last year. A lot of things went wrong last year, but he hasn't quite seen the velocity bump this spring that I would have liked to, but his command looks great. Um, he's not throwing 89, 90, 91 like he was at the end of last season. He can live with a 93 mile an hour fastball. And if he's putting that change up in spots where it's not going to get hammered over the plate, when he's successfully locating the slider under the hands of lefties and on the outside corner to righties, like he was, like he's been in his most recent spring training outings, uh, you know, he, he was an average pitcher at the end of last year with, with terrible stuff with 2018 level stuff. He couldn't command anything. He was totally gassed, and he was still grinding out five, six innings, giving up two, three runs, which is not what we had come to expect from him, you know. But given the stuff he was working with, I was actually a little bit impressed. I think if he gets a little bit of that back, if he gets a little bit of the juice back and is putting the ball where he wants to, like he was back in 20 and parts of 2021, then, yeah, I see a guy who's, you know, probably going to grind out quality starts, give you 180 innings um, at maybe, you know, a mid-low threes ERA. And I think that's going to on a team that doesn't really have the top end pitching that we thought it did a couple of years ago. It's going to be a boon. Let's uh, take something that's not on the spreadsheet. Uh, I think we've discussed this before, uh, or, or we've, we've done this quick round table before uh, the five of you, any chance Lucas G Lito, great Lucas MVP or uh, buns as, uh, as Dante put it, uh, Giolito, uh, not the good kind. Um, uh, resigning with the White Sox. Any uh, anyone think there is even let's say ten percent chance Lucas is back with the White Sox after this year? Like, I mean, even ten percent? Yes. I mean, okay. if he's bad, they probably bring him back. Is that's my prediction? <laughs> <laughs> that's I so mean... White Soxy. <laughs> he's yeah. not wrong. <laughs> it's true. Probably uh, yeah. watching this team for like decades he is not, not wrong at all <laughs> yeah no. I, I don't think it's likely that he's back with the white Sox in 2024 but there absolutely is a way that it happens they're not handing out nine figures for him though i can't believe we're all just sitting up straight having this podcast when leori garcia got dfa'd or he's, he's he's not with the team and the white Sox are prepared now to pay him 11 million dollars to sit at home that alone i i almost was not able i mean i just got my voice back i could not believe something like that happened so i mean yeah 
Joe, you're right. It could happen. All right. Uh, Oscar Colas is, is, is definitely the consensus, a top rookie for the Sox, a worst player on the White Sox. There is a little bit of disagreement. It seems to be between, uh, uh, uh dear beloved, uh, uh, Romy Gonzalez and dear beloved, um, be careful infielders, uh, Adam Hazley. Um, I, anybody want to talk about why one's going to be necessarily, um, worse than the other? One, I I continue to forget that Adam Hazley exists, so that's just, <laughs> you know, that's one thing. He's still the most generic baseball player that's ever existed. <laughs> and even by White Sox standards, it's impressive. Um, for Romy Gonzalez, like, I know Griffel says, like, they don't need a utility guy. He has not experienced a White Sox season. They will need a utility guy, and it's going to be Romy. Because he plays, he says yes to everything. He plays all the positions. He's going to be out of position most of the season. And I think he's just going to be out of his depth for that reason. It has nothing to do with him, you know, talent or anything like that. I just think that they are asking him to be the new Luyuri Garcia. Yeah, and I was just going to say with Larry gone, yeah, that's literally true because the new emergency catcher is Romy Gonzalez, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, uh, any reason, uh, yeah, again, Romy versus Hazley. I picked Billy Hamilton. You can yell at me, but I don't know why I did because I've been pumping up Billy Hamilton, stealing 200 bases this year. So I, I may have to change that because I'm not really making sense. I must have made that pick really late at night. Uh, Romy versus, uh, the guy that is the most generic player in the history of the major leagues. Uh, yeah, I picked Adam and I'm trying to remember the term. My daughter has been going around. It's like the character that you make in the sim or you don't even make the character. They're just automatically in the sims. I think it's like in He's a creative player. Yes. Yeah, he is. Like in <laughs> PC or something. Um he's just Adam Yeah, he's is one like of those year guys. 30 of yeah. the baseball simulator where it's just yeah. like everything's set to 40 and it's like yeah. i have no idea if this is like a real person and what they do but they just exist yeah. That's just, he's just there and yeah. i think he will just be there and he's going to be one of those players where i'm like oh yeah that's right he is on this team for some reason uh barbie i'm coming right back to you and put and putting the gun uh putting the pressure on you uh, you did not, I mean, we're not going to talk about him, but you made a different choice for worst pitcher than yes. many of the rest of us did. And I definitely can understand why. Uh, and I understand that most of us are picking uh, who we pick for, you know, all encompassing reasons that might reasons. not only have to do necessarily with what he does on the pitcher's mound. Although again, there's still a prayer here that he just somehow will not even make it there for a single start. But um Again, aside from the obvious, um, you know, the beard look, et cetera, uh, Jake Diekman is, is your guy just because he is going to somehow just blow enough early before they do shed him from the team or what's up? That, that's basically it. I mean, I, I go back. It's the same thing as Romy Gonzalez. Like, I think when you look at the starting pitching, I don't see enough innings there. And they're going to rely way too heavily on the bullpen, yeah. probably pretty early in the season, especially. and. Guys like Diekman are really going to not perform well in those situations and either run themselves off the team or just kind of become that guy that kind of just gets thrown in and blowout games because they can't handle anything else. Yeah. Uh, 
were there any surprises? I mean, you know, we're, we're, you know, I guess we're, 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 we're in a bonus time now. And if I miss something, please yell at me and let's make sure to talk about it. But uh, surprises from how this roster, I mean, I alluded to Leori, but I mean, uh, sh- shocks from how this is wrangled out is, is, is Griffal, as I think Tommy put it, just too wide eyed into this White Sox season. He just has no idea what's waiting for him. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. Until he finds out that first week, you know? <laughs> He, he yeah. does not know what's coming. One, um, the only thing I have to say to counter Tommy's argument is simply that the guy that we bring in for low leverage innings is named Jose Ruiz. Like he has his job. Not anymore. <laughs> was that was Jake even on Team USA, or did they just decide no? Yeah, because like that's why I was like, I can't pick Raven. Raven at least got that. Yeah, and I picked. The other guy, because well, waves hands wildly, so yeah. yeah. And with this team, it's just it's all come out pretty much exactly how I expected, except like I was like, and Billy Hamilton would start with the team because I think Billy Hamilton can still bases and be the new Adam Engel, just comes in to pitch run and that's it. Versus say, create a player. Whose name I forget, and I forget that he's on his team at on the same as us. I don't mean forget his name now because Adam, he's another Adam. Replace Adam with Adam. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Adam. And the difference is, this Adam at least doesn't have a weird beard. That's the most I got out of it. All right, fair enough. Hey, let's let's end on a positive um, note here, um, and uh, let's let's do it this way. Uh, even us low. Pickers, who uh, clearly Crystal and, and Tommy and I almost think the White Sox are going to start slow and just never speed up. Uh, but Crystal, I'm going to start with you. What is one thing that could happen in I don't know the first week, month, series, whatever that would that would get you excited? I mean, there's an obvious thing we don't need to talk about that. But I mean, on the field, what's something that's ex- that would get you excited to say, okay, wait, all right, 75 wins, all right, maybe not. Um. It's kind of a toss-up between either just seeing really great pitching, especially from Lucas Giolito and Michael Kopech. Like if if they yeah. both look really good, I will feel confident. Yeah. And if Aloy finally says, "Okay, I'll DH," like I would feel good about that. But yeah, that's yeah. a great point. This team really has the you know like four. I mean, I, I don't think we can expect you know whatever 180 innings of, of ace pitching from Kopech, but I mean even what he can give you know the the Carlos Rodon you know type of effort. I mean that's now you got three and a half aces. That's going to make a big difference in this division. That's <laughs> like butter. Uh, Maliki, um, j- just I mean I think you're already maybe anticipating it, but you know what's the one thing that might make you say okay I'm feeling pretty good about coming on this podcast and, and talking up the socks a little bit. Yeah, so the thing that I, I would really, really love to see is one of either Eloy or Luis Robert Jr. taking that next step and really putting it all together and turning into the kind of hitting their ceiling and turning into the kind of hitter that can really straight up carry a team for a week or two at a time. I think at times in the past, that's kind of been an issue where they have a bunch of guys who are kind of on different wavelengths, they're hot and cold at different times. Nobody has really caught fire in the way that say think think of Javier Baez for the Cubs back in 2018. We haven't really had one of those stretches from those guys, and they absolutely have the capability of uh, doing it. And especially with the big Jose Abreu sized hole in the lineup, um, you know those are the two hitters with the highest offensive ceiling on the team. Um, they have their flaws, but I think with the lack of depth and especially with the questionable pitching. 
to really be successful, something that I would really love to see and need to see is those guys really turning into superstar hitters. You know, they need to hit the ceilings. Now, now is the time for that to happen if we're going to call this a success. Yeah. All right. Speed round getting squeezed. Joe, real quick, what's something that's really going to jump out to you? I think the biggest single player who would make a big difference for me would be Oscar Colas. I think there's a big difference between where I have him you know, valued for this upcoming season and where his ceiling could be. Um, like I have him as roughly a one war player, but I could like if the main thing for me is his ability to get on base. Like if his on base percentage is anything higher than three thirty, odds are you know, his rookie season will be a massive success. And um, yeah, I I could see him, myself having a lot of fun watching him play. Mm-hmm. Dante, again, uh, real quick, but uh, what's something that's going to get you more excited than you are right now? Um, if they can somehow win the series against the Astros, which it ain't happening. <laughs> sure, but, but that would do it for you is what you're saying. But, yeah, that would do it. All, All like, right. if they can win the series against the Astros, but Jose gets to hit 16 home runs against the White Sox. Thumbs <laughs> up. Frank Thomas treatment. Up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want Jose to always hit a home run every single time he sees a White Sox, a current or from a White Sox. <laughs> Sorry, Sox. Okay, Tommy, what's uh okay, uh low low wins picker. What's what's gonna get you excited? It's the offense for me too, because I mean I no one has addressed the fact that Jose Abreu is not in the lineup anymore. And you look at what the White Sox record was when he was in the lineup, and I'm sorry, Ben Attendee doesn't do it for me. So it's just <laughs> like what what are you doing to bring that to the table? So seeing those guys hit their ceilings, max out, that would be a huge win, I think. But Andrew Vaughn is moving to first base, and that's going to completely offset. No, I mean, uh, hopefully that automatic. would be a, a, right. a yeah. big help. But, yeah, automatic. Uh, I'll throw one out. Um, he has Monty Grandal. I mean, he's he's obviously talking very confidently. If he can become, uh, let's say, a, a you know, a 2-8 war player and, and have a little power versus like a minus – Three eight or whatever he was last year. I mean, that's a big swing, and that's catcher. That's a, that's important. I mean, we you know in Seve we trust, but come on, uh, that would be a, a big swing for me. But you know, whatever. Uh, it, maybe none of this is happening. Who knows? Um, but you know, offense. Come on, cook a little bit. Um, maybe next year we will have a category in this that will be like biggest law. You know, the Jose Abreu is an obvious one, and hopefully we don't have one of those every year. But the big, you know, the biggest change. Uh, but boy, that's really tough. Boy, we're losing Lucas and Tim Madison very soon. Okay. Hey, stay tuned for Sox Populi podcast number 535 a year from now that will make you cry even harder than this podcast made you. But thank you through the tears for sticking with us. Uh, again, tomorrow we'll have our uh, MLB uh, podcast where we're going to, you know, I don't know, discuss the rest of baseball, uh, especially for those of you who don't really want to hear more about the Sox. Why you're at Southside Sox, I don't know. And why you listen to Sox Populi. But hey, welcome. Uh, and we always love to have you. A lot of actually big news coming in that podcast as well. So stay tuned for that. And uh, hey, we enjoyed having you. Thanks to the five of you. And uh, hey, maybe I'll see you, oh, I don't know, in like 24 hours. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back way sooner than you're ready for us. <laughs>